Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. According to the American Childhood Cancer Organization, almost 13,000 children under the age of 21 are diagnosed with cancer each year in the United States, and approximately one quarter of them will not survive the disease. Each September, the ACCO shines a spotlight on these kids and their disease through its Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, during which time supporters of the fight against childhood cancer are encouraged to wear gold ribbons. One of the many who will go gold this September is Roya Giordano, whose 13-year-old son Matias has osteosarcoma, a bone cancer that developed in his right leg. Once his cancer was diagnosed, Matias began receiving treatment from an array of healthcare professionals who were determined to save his life. But as you'll hear in this episode, along the way he formed a special bond with physical therapist Mike Ring, who sought to preserve Matias's quality of life. Here to tell us about the young soccer player who was determined to run again and to kick a ball again and who bravely faced the amputation of his infected leg to do it are Matthias's mother, Roy Giordano, and his physical therapist, Mike Ring. Roy, let's start talking about your son, Matthias. How old is he and when did his battle with childhood cancer begin? Matthias is 13 years old. He just turned 13 in June. He started complaining about his leg hurting. He was a very active kid. He was playing soccer four or five times a week. He was on a travel team here in Loudoun County. Loved sport. He started complaining about his leg hurting, and when we took him to the pediatrician back in July of 2012, the initial visit with the doctor went like, well, let's just heat it or let's ice it for a while and see where we're at. And I told the doctor that we can't just continue doing that. We've been doing that for a couple of weeks now. I think we should get an x-ray. We did the x-ray, then we followed up with an MRI because they saw something unusual on the x-ray. We came to find out that he actually has a tumor in his right leg below the knee in his tibia, and the tumor was wrapped around his tibia. At that point, they sent us to Children's National Medical Center in Falls Church. That's how it all started. After the first consultation, we're sent to Fairfax Hospital to get an x-ray of his chest to see if the cancer has metastasized to his lungs, which it had. From then on, everything happened so quickly for us. And so that happened fast and quickly across what time span? Well, I took him to the doctor on a Monday. He had the x-ray Monday. He had the MRI on Tuesday, and we had the consultation with a pediatrician on Wednesday. We saw Dr. Varela at the clinic on Friday. The x-ray was that weekend, that that Friday night, and the MRI was, was that Saturday, that weekend. So within a week, we had a pretty good idea of how serious this is, but we still didn't have a clue what we were getting into. We just knew something is not right at the time. Then we were asked to drive to Philadelphia, to Children's Hospital in Philadelphia, to get a biopsy of his leg. So we did that that weekend. On Monday, we met with the team in Philadelphia. On Tuesday morning, he was admitted to the hospital at CHOP, and he had the biopsy done. Wednesday, they told us that 
it's something. They still didn't say it's cancer or what kind of cancer it is, but they said it's serious and we need to go ahead and move forward and install the port in his chest. So they did that on that Thursday, and we came back to Virginia Friday, met with the team of doctors here at Children's, and he started chemo on July 31st. The first day I took him to the doctor, the pediatrician, it was July 16th. So within two weeks, he started chemo. So what do you know about the cancer? What kind of cancer is it? People don't necessarily think of cancer starting in someone's legs. Unfortunately, most people don't realize that kids get cancer too, not let alone in the leg. Matthias' cancer is called osteosarcoma, which is bone cancer. It started in the leg, and it spread to his lungs. At the time of diagnosis, he had over 80 spots in his lungs. So it is pretty serious, and we've done everything that we can to um, fight this. Absolutely. Yeah. Protecting his life is obviously first and foremost priority. What have you done to protect his lifestyle if to try and make him feel like the kid he was before? How have you been able to do that? It was important for us to keep him in the light and keep him in the loop and to not have any type of secrets or set him up for any kind of disappointment in the process. So we asked him how active he wanted to be in the journey as far as treatment goes and decision-making. And he wanted to be there from the very beginning with every step that we took. He was in the room at every consultation. We ended up interviewing a few different surgeons around the country because of the size of the tumor. It had to be removed. And we were given a few different options as far as whether we wanted to amputate his leg or if we wanted to keep it and do like a limb salvage. But because of his lifestyle, we knew from the beginning that we couldn't do limb salvage because he couldn't hop, he couldn't jump, he couldn't run. So for him, it was important to continue the chemo and get the amputation and start fresh, you know, get his leg and start working. From the very beginning, his goal was to get back on the soccer field. His goal was to kick the soccer ball, be a kid and be independent and do the things that he always does. That's part of the thing that leads us to his experience in physical therapy. You know, he's obviously, as, as you suggested, part of a larger healthcare system that's looking at so many factors for him. Where does physical therapy fit, and when did that come into play? Physical therapy, I would say, has been incredibly meaningful and important in his journey because when we first met the doctors at the um, cancer center, they told us that because of the size of the tumor and because of the way the level of weakness that he was feeling in his leg. At the time, they told us that it's not safe for him to walk on his leg and to bear weight on it. He had to learn to use crutches, and he had to learn to live life, but with the tumor there and without being able to being active. So it was important for him to see someone to guide him in the right direction and help him with all the do's and all the don'ts. So I will say that was after we came back from CHOP, we started seeing a physical therapist. So, Mike Ring, let's bring you in now. When you first met Roya's son, what were your impressions and what sense did you get from them and what the goals were? I had the opportunity to meet him before the decision was made whether to amputate the leg or not. First impression was, yeah, this is an active kid, good athlete, very interested in trying to maintain that kind of lifestyle. And that, to me, as a PT, it makes a world of difference because my whole goal, you asked an interesting question actually earlier, what do we do to try to preserve the quality of life? You know, as a physical therapist, I can't save anyone's life. That's not my role. But my job for Matthias is, all right, well, let's do everything we can 
to preserve his quality of life. And my definition of that doesn't really matter. What matters is his. So I knew this was a young man right away, and he was super motivated to try to run and play soccer and jump and, and all this kind of thing. So as a therapist, that's all you could ask for. You know, somebody who is engaged, somebody who is willing to work hard, somebody who you know wants to learn how to get through this challenge, how to get through this struggle. And so he was very attentive and very determined. He did everything I asked of him. And then when the decision was made to go with the amputation, frankly, I think it was I think it was absolutely the right decision. I don't think he, he would have been happy at all had they not gone that direction. So I was fully in support of that. So much more is, is possible now in recent years. Technology is improving all of those things, and, and that helps significantly. Give me a sense of how quickly you were working with Matthias after the surgery and what his learning curve was. As I said, I saw him beforehand, saw him shortly after the decision was made to go ahead with it, and that's a huge bonus also because that, that allowed us to sit and chat about sort of what to expect and to try to make sure he understood the process from a functional recovery perspective, what kinds of things he would experience immediately afterwards, the kinds of things he could do right after the operation to maintain strength, to maintain mobility. And the way I phrased it to Matthias at the time was, our our job at this point is to make sure that once we take the the leg, we've got as strong a hip and as strong a knee as we possibly can. Because like you said, Jason, the beautiful thing about technology is, you know, Dr. Wadaja was able to go in, preserve the portion of the tibia just below the knee, which gives us a wonderful lever arm to work from. If we didn't have that capacity, it makes all kinds of movement patterns a lot harder. So I started to work with Matias before he even had the amputation on exercises he needed to do and things he needed to do to make sure his flexibility was good, with the long-term goal, of course, being prepare him to get the prosthesis. And then after surgery, they came back in quickly, if memory serves, because at that point my role shifts a little bit and I'll help make sure that we're keeping a close eye on the residual limb, making sure we're, we're watching shape because the shape of that residual limb changes constantly over the recovery period. So we're dealing with swelling, we're dealing with wound healing, we're dealing with all those kinds of things, as well as doing some of the strengthening sort of up the kinetic chain, up into the hip musculature that we started to touch on beforehand. Matthias really seems to have composure and determination and maturity beyond his years, but how many obstacles and roadblocks were there just in the physical part of it? Never mind everything else, but just in learning to use that new limb, how many did he constantly reach challenging points that you had to break through? Did he take to it fairly quickly? And is that kind of thing typical for somebody that's trying to move forward post-amputation? Matthias, frankly, was was well ahead of the so if you look at the learning how to walk with a prosthesis, he's well ahead of the learning curve there. And I attribute some of that to his determination and some of that to his prior athletic experience, frankly. Sure, he encountered challenges. There were roadblocks. There were times when he wasn't quite strong enough to maintain stability. So he didn't lose balance side to side some. But in the big picture, he did pick it up very, very quickly, and he was able to accommodate into what is a slightly different movement pattern than normal ambulation and normal walking. But he took to some of the simple cues we gave him pretty quickly and was able to progress relatively rapidly and comfortably into his prosthesis. So how far did he go based on what his goals were of being active from your perspective? I mean, frankly, he's done amazingly well. He's gotten to the point where he moves most of the time virtually without any limp, any gait deviation. We're a little limited in how quickly he can move and his ability to run because of the type of prosthesis and the type of foot. But I have no doubt that if we can continue to build some strength, he'll be able to run without a problem. And frankly, he can probably strike a ball now pretty comfortably with the opposite leg. 
So, Roya, as you've watched this, what has his physical independence, I don't know if that's too strong a word or not, but to be able to regain that physical control and get back towards some of those things that really defined who he is, what has that meant to you watching him do that? It absolutely means the world to us because he had the amputation in October of 2012. And for a very long time, he was unable to use the prosthesis that was designed for him. He was unable to move, so he actually was using crutches at the time without the leg. He couldn't even use the prosthetic leg anywhere. And not because he wasn't trying, but because it wasn't the right fit. We were lucky enough to find a new prosthetist, and he gave him a new leg, then he was able to walk right away. But before all of that, while he was on crutches, he went to camp last year and he broke his arm. So he went from being semi-independent to completely depending on us because he couldn't move. He didn't have a leg and he had a broken arm. So he was actually crawling around at times. So getting the leg and being independent, it was like watching a kid walk for the very first time for us. I remember him walking into school with his backpack on his back without anyone helping him or without anything. He had jeans on, long jeans, so you couldn't even tell that he had a prosthetic leg on. And he was walking, and I was just crying behind him as I was walking and taking pictures because it was just such a beautiful sight to see him being so independent and being just like he was before. He would get up in the middle of the day and say, I'm hungry, and just walk up to the fridge, open up the fridge just like you and I would, and make a sandwich or walk into the pantry and grab whatever he needs, go up and down the stairs. It truly helped him. Like Mike mentioned before, the quality of life is this was at at its best, really, because I don't know how we could have continued because he he didn't have the wheelchair in the house. He would use an office chair to sit on and scoot around in the house, and that's just not right for an active 12-year-old. So as you've gone through this experience, what have you learned just about the larger healthcare system in general, maybe even about the importance of that quality of life and regaining that in terms of day-to-day independence and things? When your child is diagnosed with something as serious as a cancer diagnosis, you have to think about the bigger picture. You can't just think about, oh my God, my child has cancer. You have to think about who you want to choose to work with to improve his quality of life and to maintain his lifestyle the way it used to be before he was diagnosed. So for us, we had a great team of oncologists who recommended Mike and his staff to us. Having Mike on our team has been the biggest blessings of all because Matthias and Mike, they established a relationship that no one else has. Mike actually came, I don't know if you remember this, Mike, but you came to the hospital right after Mm -hmm. he had the amputation. Yep, I do. He was laying in bed, and you guys had this friendship. I didn't even have to say anything. I had been begging him to get out of bed and move around because the physical therapist in the hospital had come in and asked him to do it, and he said no. He didn't even want to see, he didn't want to move the blanket to see the the leg, like what it looks like. But Mike came in and just hung out, just like a friend would, just sat with him. They talked soccer all the time. Mm-hmm. They sat there, and Mike encouraged him to move around and try to get out of bed and try to make the best out of his stay in the hospital while he was recovering. And sure enough, as soon as Mike left, he said, I need to get out of bed. I need to get up. And that was that was the push that he needed that my husband and I couldn't 
force him to because this wasn't about us. This is not about what we want or what we needed him to do. This was something that he had to come to terms with and decide to do. And after Mike's encouragement, he actually got up. He moved around and he grabbed his crutches and walked around the hall. So that was huge for us. Mike, Matias seems like a special kid, but how often do you see a a similar thing in terms of someone going through hard times? Once they start to get their physical independence back, that it becomes a key not only to what they can do physically, but just sort of their emotional health, their state of mind. Matthias is a special kid. I don't have many patients like him. But you're right, I do notice, and that's one of the beauties of when I get to interact with somebody like Matthias, and my role being trying to reestablish some form of quality of life is very rewarding because when you have success, like when you see someone get up and walk again for the first time, and even just in my office when they come in, and frankly, I tell the parents this all the time, one of the luxuries for me is that it doesn't take long before the child realizes this is the only medical visit they'll have where I'm not poking them, I'm not taking blood, I'm not prodding them. I'm encouraging them to get back to normalcy. Right? My job is to make sure that they can be a kid. And so the motivation that I provide initially usually is is enough. And it's, it's simply a matter of because once they see the success, once they can feel good again, once they can go outside and play with their siblings again, they can you know, walk back into school again with a backpack on and, and, and not have a care in the world, that's the motivation, and it just takes over and goes from there. And, you know, you don't, the, the beauty of working with kids is once you get them to the point where they can move toward normalcy, they just go on their own, and the motivation to play is usually enough. So, Roy, what are your son's goals now? He is still hoping and aiming to be able to get back on the soccer field, so that's where we're headed. I think currently his chemo treatment continues. We just have to take one day at a time and try to make the best out of it and get him to his goal. Is that something you would have even thought was possible when you think back those years and think of the initial shock and the moments when you're sitting there thinking about amputating the leg? I mean, it's one thing to think this is your best chance at regaining independence. It's another thing to really believe that it's going to happen. I mean, are are you stunned by the amount of progress that he's made? Absolutely, yes. Just the fact that I can see him being independent and do the things that he did before cancer, you know, I would fold his laundry and ask him to come here, pick it up, and move it away. Just the basic everyday stuff, I'll ask him to do it, and we don't treat him differently just because he has an amputated leg or because he's battling cancer. He still has to do the things that his brother does around the house because that's what was normal around here before. So, absolutely, we are impressed with his progress. But like I said before, if we didn't have the team of professionals that we've worked with, we wouldn't be where we are today. Mike Ring, thank you so much. And Roy Giordano, we wish the very best for your son. And thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. To learn more about Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and how you can go gold this September, please go to acco.org. In the meantime, please help raise awareness by sharing this podcast with others. Special thanks to the Giordano family for sharing Matias's story. I'm Jason Bellamy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com 
slash radio.